the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Let Us Reason, a Christian-Muslim dialogue with host Al Fadi. Let Us Reason is a unique show utilizing theology, apologetics, and evangelism to reach Muslims for Christ by comparing and contrasting Christian and Muslim doctrines. And now, your host, Al Fadi. Well, welcome, everybody. Um, you are listening to Let Us Reason on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. I'm your host, Al Fadi, and uh, I am very excited uh, today uh, because I have a special uh, surprise and a special guest with me. Now, uh, many of you who have been following the show for the last two years know that I myself is a former Muslim and also former Muslim from Saudi. But probably, if I want to take a guess, uh, probably uh, most, if not all of you, think I'm the only Saudi believer. Well, that's the bad news. The good news is we have more than just myself. And today, uh, the guest that I have with me is a former Muslim. And guess from where? From my own beloved country, Saudi. Uh, with me here, uh, Sister Sahar, uh, who is a former Muslim uh, from uh, my country, Saudi Arabia, who grew up a Muslim family, and then uh, the Lord uh, in His providence brought her over to the U.S., and it was through a journey that uh, the Lord put her through, and meeting other believers uh, became a follower of Christ, and that will be the essence of this particular show today, to have her share with us her exciting story. Sister Sahar, uh, welcome, and thank you for making time for us. Thank you so much for having me at the show. My pleasure to be there. Thank you. Uh, please uh, t- tell our audience a little bit about your background, your upbringing, um, you know, uh, the, the, uh, the parts where you grew up, and also uh, which branch of Islam you followed, what I mean, Sunni or Shia. Uh, I was born and raised in Saudi Arabia, and I grew up in a Shia family. So you're a follower of the Shia branch. Now, um, just by saying this, because I am from Saudi and I understand how things goes, uh, did you feel as a Shia follower of Islam different than the rest of the Saudi Muslims, for instance? Yes, a big difference. I felt like I was double persecuted because I was a woman first and a Shia, and uh, it wasn't it wasn't easy for us as Shia to find jobs and be promoted at our job and even go to school. When I decided to go to the medical school. I didn't get accepted, even though um, my score was so high, and I thought I would get accepted very fast. But I got discriminated against because I was Shia. And certainly, uh, people can always go to my early shows about two years ago. I invested a lot of time talking about the differences between Sunni and Shia, and in general, uh, the, the difference is theological. And these days, unfortunately, there is politics involved, because the uh, uh, Sunni governments always assume that a Shia person have affiliation with Iran, and therefore, once you bring Iran into the mix, 
in light of what's going on today, there is a lot of issues that uh, makes it complicated. But we're not going to talk about politics today. We want to talk about spiritual matters. So um, regardless of the fact that you grew up Shia or not, uh, as a, someone who grew up a Muslim in a Muslim family, tell us a little bit about your understanding of Islam and the things that you have liked and disliked. Well, I believe that Islam was the last revelation of God, and it's the truth. And um, I didn't think about studying any other religion or anything because I thought I have the truth. And uh, if I go back and study old books, you know, there are things in Islam that I didn't like. I thought it's going to be worse than the old religion. So I really believed in Islam. I believed in God, and uh, I was a devout Muslim. But um, growing up, you know, in a Saudi home, and a Muslim home, it was so hard for me as a woman because I never felt equal to a man. And I always felt that I am lower than a man. And I didn't, you know, men didn't view me as a smart woman or I can accomplish and do things uh, like a man. And if I speak my mind and I... Just share my opinion about something. Uh, it's not accepted in that culture. So, Sister Sahar, I'm gonna just interrupt you here for a second to clarify to people: this really mm-hmm. has nothing to do with culture, is it? Uh, is it a cultural thing, or is it a religious thing, or is it a combination of both? Because there are people out there that think Islam elevated the status of woman. Well, that's what they say, but that's not the truth. Because uh, women in Islam, they don't feel they don't feel uh, as equal as the men. You know, they're dominated by men. So when I speak my mind or say something, they think I'm acting like a man. Like, keep it down. You don't have to hear this. You're acting like a man. And it was difficult for me because I wanted to speak my mind, and especially when it comes to um, religious matter and, like, reading the Quran, or if I just question something, it's not acceptable, especially coming from a woman. Did you have uh, uh, male brothers also uh, uh, in the house? Yeah, but they were younger than me. So mostly my uncles, they're the one who try to shut me down when I speak my mind or ask questions. I hear you. Uh, in addition to that, um, other things about Islam, as you began to grow and mature in understanding the faith, uh, things also that you liked and things that you still disliked as well. The thing I don't like about women in Islam that a man can have four wives. I never liked that. And um, just looking at my friends and you know who are married and then their husband have another wife, it was never easy for them. It's hard to break in, and it never worked because the man will favor another wife, and it's always a prob- problem in Israel. So, what will you say to someone? And I heard this uh, by a. American convert to Islam who said she has no problem her husband marrying a second wife because to her that's better than cheating on her. What would you say to this kind of thinking out there? That's not true. No woman want to share her husband with another woman. And um, some of them say that just because they're very dependent on men. And she knows if you divorce her, she has nowhere to go to support her kids and have a place to stay. And it's shameful to go back to her family as a divorced woman. So they just give in to just have a peaceful life. You know, they don't want problems. So they let him do whatever he wants. But no woman 
really want to share her husband with another woman. Well, quite uh, quite a difference between uh, the teaching of Islam, and even though I am fairly familiar with it, I'm just acting right now as someone who's asking these kind of questions, but uh, quite a difference between that and what the Bible says, that the two, the husband and wife, become one in the eye of God. So certainly this goes against Islam in terms of allowing the man to be not just one, but uh, two and three and four. Amen. Yeah, that speaks volume to Muslims. When I shared with my Muslim friends about marriage in Islam, and I mean in, in Christianity and what the Bible says about marriage, that speaks a lot to them. They really like it. And they think it's fair, and God should be fair. But in Islam, God favor men over women. So uh, did you have any knowledge about either, um, you know, other faith? Uh, outside of Islam, like Christianity and Judaism, or did you ever even come across something about the gospel itself, or what prompted you maybe to dig deeper into questioning Islam in general, beyond what you have learned so far? Not in Saudi Arabia. Like, going to school there, I learned Islam, and that's about it. But I would hear um, from, like, religious people or from my family about other faiths. And the Quran speaks about Christianity too, that Christians worship three gods, they make Jesus God, and it's wrong. And that's all what I knew, that, you know, Christians believe in three gods, and the Bible is corrupted, and all the misconceptions that they teach us there. But in Saudi Arabia, I didn't have, I didn't have any knowledge about other religions. I thought Islam is the truth, and I was satisfied with it. So you felt like... If I may use this word, stuck with it, and that's your fate. Yes. All right. Um, how do you, as a female Muslim who knew that you're stuck with something, you or others that you know around you in your circle uh, uh, as a, a woman, uh, adapt to this and have peace with that? Well, as I said, there are a lot of things that I didn't like, but I couldn't speak my mind until I left Saudi Arabia. That's when I start questioning more. And I met more people that they can answer my questions. But back home, I couldn't, I couldn't speak my mind. I would question in my mind and just be silent about it. Can you give us an idea about some of those questions, maybe one or two, that you felt I really urgently need someone to answer him for me? Yes, about heaven and Islam. I always wanted to know, you know, if woman goes to heaven, if a woman goes to heaven, where she's going to be. And the Quran speaks for men more than women. Pretty much she doesn't have a place in heaven. And I remember calling an imam and asking him about that. And I told him, like, what's the role of women in heaven? And he said, she will be one of her husband's wives, and she will be in charge uh, of the virgins. Like, she will be in charge of his schedule, who is to be with. And she's going to be the most beautiful woman in heaven uh, to her husband. But I told him, I'm not married. And he said, you should get married. I'm like, okay, if I'm single, what's my role in heaven? And he didn't have an answer for that. As a matter of fact, where did he get these ideas that he just shared with you? Did he cite uh, passages for you, hadith, Quran, anything like that? He shared something from the Quran um, that I don't really remember now. And, you know, he's 
he's in the men's side, you know. It's like it's like heaven for men, really. And if you want to get there, you should get married to get to heaven with your husband. That's interesting perspective. I've never heard a clerk think of it this way, but uh, but I can tell you, um, uh, if I may use a phrase we use in the U.S., he was pulling your leg, but that's all I can say. Mm-hmm. Nevertheless, so how did uh, that kind of a dialogue uh, 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 progress into maybe seeking now something outside of Islam? Well, I stopped there, and I was thinking about it, but I didn't have any place to go than Islam. That's all what was around me. And I thought God is not fair, you know, but still I was a devout Muslim. I wanted to please God, but in my mind, he's not fair. And then, um, was there any encounter with maybe a group or someone that began to um, enlighten you a little bit about uh, the, the gospel in general? Yes, after I left Saudi Arabia, I came to U.S., and I was here for school, and I met a a lady at school, and she started sharing with me about her faith. And that's when I felt um, safe to ask my questions, and we became very close friends. And we became friends for six years, and I've been asking her a lot of questions. And the more she tells me, the more I go to church. I really fell in love with Jesus and Christians around me. But still, I didn't believe it's the truth. I didn't believe Jesus is God, and I thought the theology is not right. You know, Jesus is just a prophet, and he cannot be God. So I would do them, love them, go to church, but still I was Muslim and practicing my faith in Islam. Were you, I mean, I'm not so sure really if that was your motive, but were you at some point uh, uh, trying also maybe to share Islam with her in hope that she too would consider that? Or were you just really at a at a cross point where you felt like, well, maybe there is something out there, but I, I'm not buying it yet? Yes, I tried to tell her about Islam because most of my um, American friends, they don't care about faith and about God. And she was different than them. She loves God so much and she wanted to live to please him. And I saw some, something different in her. And I was like, hmm, she's a good She's a good person. She must be. She must be a Muslim. She must know Islam. But the more I talk to her about Islam, to be honest, she knows more than I do about Islam. Yeah, she studied Islam. She would bring me verses and hadith and talk to me about many things. And I learned a lot from her about Christianity and Islam. And I remember one time she was asking me about women in Islam and what I think about wearing the hijab and men can have four wives and. Men can be the woman and all that. And I told her, well, I don't really believe in those verses. This verse, I don't like this verse. And she was like, mm, Sahar, if you really believe in Islam, you can be can choose. You have to believe the whole thing. It's from God. Because that's how I believe. My Bible is the word of God, and I know it's the truth. Every single word there. Everything is there, and every information is the truth. And that really made me think about my faith. Because she loved God, she's sure about, you know, the Bible, even though I thought it was corrupted. And she was so bold about witnessing to me about um, her faith in Christianity. So, um, something different about her, uh, her knowledge, and primarily her intimate knowledge with the Bible and the Word of God, and the fact that she was standing solid on that, all of this seemed like were factors 
into drawing you um, in that direction. But what was the tipping point for you that made you get to the aha moment? Oh, that's what I need to do. Well, she introduced me to um, believers from Muslim background. They're from different countries. And I heard their testimonies, and I was so touched by it. And I knew there was something different about them, following Jesus, even though I thought it's crazy, how can you leave Islam? But just hearing their testimonies, I was so touched by it. And I felt their God is close to them. He loves them. He's with them here on earth. God is walking with them. And I love the fact they call him a father and they pray to him like a friend. They just communicate with him all the time. And I love the worship too. I love listening to worship songs. And I was around him for a while and I heard a lot about Jesus. And that made me doubt my faith. I start reading the Quran more. I start searching about, you know, Christianity in the Quran. And a lot there are a lot of verses, you know, scary verses that if you believe in another religion, you're going to hell, eternal hell. And I was so afraid to know more. And then I decided to I decided to watch more testimonies online. I went to YouTube, watch a lot of testimonies if you believe in Islam, becoming Christians. And just watching those testimonies, I know that there is something different. There's something I want. And I decided to leave Islam. I wasn't a Christian yet. I was confused, but I was done with Islam. But I was reading the Bible and going to church, going to Arabic church, American church, asking questions. And what made me stop believing like in Christianity and not wanting to believe in Jesus is like, there is no way Jesus is God. And um, then uh, I talked to my friend that when I met at school and I told her I left Islam. I don't know what I believe. I know God is real. And I really want to follow the truth. But Christianity doesn't make sense. And she told me, you know, Sahar, we've been friends for six years. And I've been answering all your questions. And because I am from a different background, I don't understand your mind about your Islamic God and how you view God. And maybe I'm not the best person. To really answer you, let me see if I can find somebody from your background who become Christian to relate to your mind. And then she introduced me to her friend, Nabil Qureshi, and he came and he answered my questions and he shared his testimony. And I told him, I know there's something beautiful about people having an encounter with Jesus. And I heard so many testimonies. But even in the Quran, you know, Jesus did miracles, but he's not God. He did them by the power of God. So how do you know if that, that Jesus who came to you or the dream you had or the encounter you had with Jesus? What, make you, what made you sure that he's God? Maybe just God sent him to send you a message. And he told me Jesus is fully God and fully man. He's both. And he came to this earth to save us. He came to be with us. And then I told him, yeah, this salvation thing doesn't make sense to me. And the Bible is so confusing, you know, son of God, son of man. And then how can God, the majestic God, come to this earth as a baby? And then people kill him. You know, I believe God is more powerful than this. You know, people cannot kill God. 
you know, he seemed very weak to me. And then he told me about he rose again. And I told him, I don't believe in that. I don't, I don't believe in crucifixion. I don't think Jesus was crucified. But in Islam, we still believe he's in heaven. He never died. He went straight to heaven. And I often question that in my mind. Why is he there? What is he doing there? Why all the prophets died except for him? And then Nabil uh, told me, now I understand your mind and how you view Christianity. And he told me, let me give you an, an example about you. He told me, just imagine yourself dressing up to go to a really important meeting. And then you see your kid fallen in a hole. Would you go help? I told him, yeah, of course. He told me, would you send somebody else since you're already dressed up? I told him, no, I will go myself. And he told me, yes, that's what Jesus did. He came himself to save us because only him can save us. And if you're a sinner and you're willing to do that for your child, how much more God can do for you? How much more God can love you? And he told me, God is love, God is joy, God is peace, God is everything good. But apart from him, you can have fellowship with God because of your sin. We all sin, even prophets, they sin because they're not God. Only God is holy and perfect. So God came to be with us and save us from our sins. And Jesus already took care of our sins on the cross. He paid it in full. If you just put your faith in him and follow him, you will be in constant relationship with God. And um, I loved how he, how he shared it with me. I loved his analogy. It made sense to my mind, but still I didn't believe in my heart. And then he told me, Sahar, it's good to read the Bible, be with Christians, go to church. But what matters is you and your relationship with God. Do you talk to him? Do you ask him questions? And I didn't believe at that time that God really cares that much. I told him once, like, I'm done with Islam. Tell me who you are. But I don't talk to him as a friend. I didn't believe in the relationship between me and my God. In my mind, he's busy. He doesn't have time for me. You know, who am I? Just here asking him questions, and he would answer me. But when I spoke with Nabil, that changes everything. I went home, and I was thinking a lot about what he said, because I really liked it. It made sense to me. And I started reading the Bible. And I, I read it before, but before... I would read it just to see uh, what wrong with it, what part is corrupted, how Jesus, you know, lived in this earth as a man. He's not God. But this time, I read it with a different eye. I really wanted to know more about Jesus and his love for me. Is he the truth or not? And I was reading and seeking God's love. I want to know God loves me that much. He is willing to leave his throne and come to this earth to be with me. And then... uh, I remember I was reading for a long time, and then I remembered Nabil telling me to pray. And I never prayed to Jesus. I never seen him as God. But at that day, I said, I don't believe in anything anyway. And everybody who called the name of Jesus, prayed to Jesus, he did something. Let me pray to Jesus and see what's going to happen. So I told Jesus, if you're God, you came to this earth, and you love me and you saved me, and this book is the truth, I want to know your love, and I want to follow you. And then uh, I went to my Bible, and I know God took me there to show me this verse. I went to First John 4, and it was all about love, 
and in 418 it says, there is no fear in love, but Amen. perfect love casts out fear. As soon as I read that, I felt peace with God. I felt heaven was open to me. I felt the presence of God in the room so powerful. Amen. And I felt loved. I know he was there to love me, and he answered Amen. me from his word. Well, Sister Sahar, this is a very uh, exciting story. Uh, um, unfortunately for us, we're running out of time, so we're going to do part two uh, of this testimony, and we'll dive into other topics related to uh, Islam and the God of Islam and the status of women. Uh, if you just tuned in, you're listening to Let Us Reason. Uh, I'm your host, Al Fadi, and with me was a, a guest, uh, a former Muslim from Saudi. Her name is Sahar, and uh, that was part two of her testimony next week. We will have part two. Uh, I'm sorry, that was part one. We'll have part two of our testimony next week. So please make sure you join us. Thank you so much, uh, Sister Sahar, and uh, thank you for listening to us. Have a blessed week. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.